Hello, I'm Joshua. And I'm Leah. And we would like to thank you for listening to the Reasonably Prepared Podcast. A preparedness resource for the complete beginner. We are here to help you on your preparedness journey. Without the paranoia, fear, and doomsday often associated with preparedness. If you find our podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a comment letting us know. And now, on to the the show. show. Good morning. Good morning. It's another early morning today. Yes, it is. On this fine day. Reasonably prepared podcast number. I have no idea. We'll, uh, I'll do an intro for it. Oh, this one's been a while in the making conversation. A little bit in the making. Today's topic is education. Or at least that's the, the broad spectrum. I think the, the, the specific statement we wanted to make was, um, you know, as far as education is concerned, you don't have to send your children to public school. No, no. You do you not don't. have to. You do not have to do that. No. Right. You do have options. Yes. What are some of those options, dear wife? Well. Or at least one of them. Of course, you always have the option of sending your kids to public, I mean to, mm-hmm. excuse me, to private school. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about private school today. No. We are talking about homeschooling. Yeah. So I know we, we've talked, to, well, number one, we talk about this extensively. And today's episode specifically was brought on by um, a coworker and friend who I was discussing homeschooling with. Right. More specifically, not just homeschooling, this particular person was very upset with the way things are unfolding right now due to COVID and the and the and the moving their children back into public school with with how public education is handling COVID. Right. A lot of people are very frustrated by that. There's right. so many unknowns. So many even the teachers don't really know what they're doing, what's going on. Administrators don't really know what's going on and what they're doing. And so all of that confusion and chaos is leaving Mm -hmm. parents feeling super frustrated i think generally across the board right right and and a lot of people parents get or at least i i don't i don't know what the percentage of parents that are getting frustrated in this way is but just as a caveat before we continue to jump in i know that this can be a really polarizing subject for some people so maybe trigger warning it's something that we're passionate about Mm -hmm. for several different reasons um we can the the just FYI for anybody listening, there may be some trigger warning, but our heart is to help and to serve and to show another way uh, and and hopefully maybe bring some clarity to the frustration people are feeling regarding sending their children back to public school and then um, also touch on how this relates to preparedness or being a prepper or any of the, it, you know, anything within that spectrum. Because right. we talk all the time about, you know, preparedness and preparation as being uh, less dependent or not dependent at all on a, on a system that is fragile, on a system that can break down and being more self-reliant and more uh, interdependent on our community and each e- of course, for us to God, uh, to, to our faith, Jesus, and uh, but being less dependent on a system that is obviously frustrated is obviously not getting any better. This isn't, I don't think this is a polarizing statement. I mean, the federal government spends, has been sequentially spending more money on public school for it to get worse. I mean, that's... Right. I don't really know of anybody who would disagree generally with that statement. Everybody, everyone agrees that the public education system is in need of improvement. Yeah. And if we not, can definitely agree with that. Yeah. Lot, lots of people do. So let's do a, um, before we get back into the conversation I had with my friend, um, and what started this, con- what started this, which was a spirited debate, I'll call it, <laughs> but it, it was helpful to him. Uh, what, what leg do we, you and I have to stand on, have to stand on regarding our beliefs, our opinions, the things we have to say about uh, home home education. Well, um, I have always loved education. I've always been very passionate about it. In general, I went to college to be a teacher and never actually finished that process of officially becoming 
a licensed teacher. Licensed teacher. You got a degree, but not a licensed teacher. Right. But have always been very passionate about it, have taught many Sunday schools, classes, lots of running children's programs for churches and other ministries, women's Bible studies and such. But my biggest leg to stand on, I guess, is that I have been home educating our own children. Mm -hmm. We have four children. We recently graduated our oldest. And three of two of two teenagers, one almost about to be a teenager and then right. Ten year old, yeah. And I've been classically home educating them for the last ten years. We're actually going into our eleventh year. Right. So in that eleven years, ten years, mm-hmm. um, I have done a lot of research. Made I've a done lot of mistakes. A lot of reading. I've made a lot of mistakes. Yes, we have. I've tested lots of curriculum. Um, mm-hmm. I've been a part of very large home educating communities with lots of very intelligent women where we have bounced many ideas off of one another and we've grown and learned and developed our own philosophies of education, our own philosophies of parenting and now it has become something that I am able to share with others through tutoring mm-hmm. and um, hosting events at my home and things like that. Right, right. Because what, as the kids get older, it gives us or it gives you margin to help out, excuse me, right. help out some other people who are, are especially right now. Yes, particularly right now. Right. Yes. You know, we've got, and then, I mean, you have been doing that. I had always had, we, we didn't always homeschool. Like there was a short period of time, mm-hmm. very short period of time when our oldest was very, very young that you didn't, I mean, although you. I did not want to homeschool. Right. I did not want to homeschool. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, you were the one who wanted me to homeschool from the very beginning. And I said, absolutely not. Right. Because I have um, very, very, I have very, very, very strong beliefs on, on institutionalized anything. Right. You know, government. Right. Well, and, and you and had such a horrible experience. Terrible, Your terrible own public, public experience, school yeah. experience was really bad. And so I think that had a lot to do with it. Yes, absolutely. And in, when you add on to that your more libertarian right. beliefs and mm-hmm. perspectives on things, it was a no-brainer for you. For me, it was a complete opposite. <laughs> it was absolutely I will not over my dead body because – what I valued was what I thought at the time was my sanity. Mm-hmm. And right, right. I thought that there was absolutely no way I could spend all day with my children. I needed a break. I needed space to send them away. And of course, that was that was incorrect. Right. I mean, I did need that, but I needed that for reasons that were not altogether proper and appropriate for a parent oh right you know it, it, that, that that can be a root that's a separate conversation it is a separate conversation yes because we we do talk with lots of now you start who, getting more into parenting and the heart of things right and that's not really what we're talking about today however that is my but my it's journey it. I, it's part of it but that's that's part of my journey was having to deal with my own attitudes and heart towards my kids and in, in i mean in some degree selfishness yeah, it is. Yeah. It was. Absolutely. It was absolutely selfish. Yeah. And so, my friend, my friend, super frustrated, super frustrated right now with the state of things, trying to uh, acclimate back. They're getting computers, but the computers don't work, and the curriculums don't work, and the this doesn't work, and the that doesn't work, mm-hmm. and the teachers don't know what they're doing, and the public education are tr- scrambling, and the... Now, in other parts of the country, it might be going seamlessly smoothless, smooth. I, I yeah, don't know, I don't I know. know. I don't know how it is in, you know, yeah. Maine. Right. And But I can imagine, given the state of how the federal government operates, it's probably more frustration than it is good times. I can imagine. So I, I want to specifically – and if you're young and you don't have children right now, this may – you know, this podcast – well, I think it'll be beneficial in that when you do have children, or at least it'll give you another way to think of something before you have children. Yeah, absolutely. As you go into parenthood, um, regarding the, there, there are other ways. It, we would say, 
there are better ways. I, I mean, I firmly believe that there are better ways than having I'm just the federal government raise our children for us. But um, that's a paradigm shift for people because they've been doing it so long. It's a huge paradigm huge shift. Paradigm shift. Huge. And so I want to encourage our listeners too to just sit back and listen mm-hmm. to what what we're saying here. Mm-hmm. We're acknowledging that it is a massive paradigm shift and that it can be very challenging to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the li- if you can just listen and receive it kind of at face value, mm-hmm. I think, and not we're not saying that you have to just run out, you know, and yank your kids out of school right this second. Um, Although I would like you to do that. Well, you know, <laughs> but I'm also, um, I would advocate actually that you not do right, that. Right, right. <laughs> um, and that you would spend some time preparing yourself right. and your household and your family for such a huge thing. I think COVID really um, threw a lot of people in the fire and I think that was unfair in a way. I had a lot of families telling me that they hated homeschooling. I can't believe that you homeschool. Like, what is this? And I would always stop them. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You're not homeschooling. Right. You are trying to do public school at home. Big difference. And that is not the same thing. It's not at the all. same thing. Not to mention, you were also. Wait, hold on. Uh, back up. Sorry. Go so, ahead. They wouldn't say it in a degree like, you're an idiot. How are you homeschooling? They would be No, they would be shocked. Like, how, like how do you handle this? How can you do this? I could never do this on a regular basis year in, you know, year, in, year out. Right. And I would always, okay, we need to majorly clarify this because you are not homeschooling. Mm-mm. You are, again, doing public school at home. Public you school are paradigm. also thrust into the situation against your will with no preparation no mental time to mm-hmm. gather your wits about you and do some research and not to mention time to prepare your family and your household for such a big shift. Right. So just being thrust into that. So please don't make the assumption that what you were doing during COVID is homeschooling because true homeschooling, it, right. it was not. But I would say that um, from from a prepper point of view, um, it does expose some of the the breakdown in the way our society thinks and behaves and moves, similarly to people panic buying toilet paper. Right. When 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 the doors are closed on the schools, people are like, Oh people crap. Panic. Yeah, people what panicked. on earth? And and you don't have to live that way. So even if you don't go exclusively, you know, let's say we don't sway you or the information we give you today or in the future isn't one of those like, wow, aha, I'm going to do it this way type things. Uh, just shed some light on the fact that being on cruise control in your life is not healthy. It's And being completely dependent on somebody else to do everything for you, whether that be get, make your food, you know, yeah. even shop for you, educate your children. You know, when you delegate out, you know, we talk about, I guess we'll get into the authority idea of it. But when you're on cruise control in your life and so many other people, um, are, uh, things are delegated within your life. When anything catastrophic can happen, it doesn't even have to be catastrophic. It could just be disruptive. Yes. Sends people it throws into chaos. everything into a tailspin. Yeah. And it's, it's not, that is, that is what we talk about too, is not necessary in any capacity. Um, and that is to maybe, maybe bring the idea of spending time with your children and time with your family up that, that off of iPads, off of telephones. Yes, please off. take your kids off of devices oh, good for gravy. Pete's sake. Um, off the television set, off of those things and sit with them and play board games and read with them and get like kind of a, of a precursory foundation for spending time with your children so that when you're forced to do it, you're not pulling your hair out going, I can't deal with these these kids as though they're somebody else's, which frustrates me. And mm-hmm. I get my heart hurts for children when that happens. And I'm going to say this right now. This is going to be a very polarizing statement for a lot of people. But if you right now through COVID are doing the stereotype of drinking your way through your family's education and through your family's home time, stop it. It's it's terrible 
It's destroying you. It's destroying your family. You don't even know it. And if you're just drinking your way through, waiting for public schools to open back up, please, please, I'm begging you, don't do that. It was cute in the beginning when we were just joking about homeschool and blah, blah, blah. But six, seven months into this, if you're just whining, uh, wine, drinking wine, like drink, and then, and then whining. Yeah. <laughs> whining and whining. You're, you're way into quote unquote adulting or parenthood. Please just put on your big girl and your big boy pants. Step up to the plate and realize, okay, things have changed a little, even if I don't like it. And please stop drinking your way through your, your child's life. I, I fear that in 20 years from now or 18 years from now, these poor children are going to be worse off than the stereotype of what we have the stereotype of millennials from drinking their way through our kids' lives. I just, please stop. Yeah. Please. Yes. Please don't do that. Please don't. My That's not worth it. A rant. No. Okay. End but, of rant. Uh, hopefully. But a better way. So here's what happens. I have a conversation with my friend. He's frustrated. And then we start getting into, uh, you know, I'm questioning why some libertarian Republican or people who are freedom-loving patriots, they say, um, can say that one thing out of the side of their mouth where they'll say less government or they'll say the government shouldn't and no taxing and no this and that, yet they will fight. F and they'll, what they'll say is socialism is evil, communism is evil. Mm -hmm. And I know there are people who like socialism and like communism, um, and that's a different discussion altogether. But for the majority of Americans who are the, the self-proclaimed patriots, right. And out of the other side of their mouth, and this happens a lot, it's happening more and more now because of COVID, defend the public education system, which mm -hmm. is based on socialist principles. So um, I'm not going to get into socialism comedies. I'm just saying the conversation went in this way because of how upset he was with the public education system. But it, it's like defending the one thing that you say you don't like. And I was very confused by it. I'm like, I need you to help me reconcile. Well, that conversation got kind of heated. He felt like I was calling him something that he wasn't, things like that. But what, what we really kind of started to get to the heart of it, and that was this, that he believed very strongly that although he believes on this side of his, you know, this side of the debate that, yes, I would like less government. Yes, I don't want to be as dependent on things. And yes, I want to have more authority in my own life. And yes, I want to do all of these things. That when it came to schooling specifically, mm -hmm. if he were to yank his children or pull his children out of public school, he would he would be fined or worse, be jailed. He believed this. Correct. Right. He believed he would get in trouble. CPS would be at his door. Mm -hmm. He thought, in other words, he thought that it was illegal to take your children out of public school. And in order to home educate them, you had to be certified. And um, th like there had to be some sort of uh, system in place that proves that you're allowed to homeschool so that the government doesn't arrest you or fine you and i was like that is at least in the state we're in in fact we lived in california for a long time it wasn't true there either yeah even in california even in i Cal think pennsylvania is one of the most strict but even in pennsylvania you can still you're still allowed to home educate right allowed quote unquote yeah. allowed as though that it's some sort of it's some sort of uh what is it? Privilege. Or privilege of being bestowed, granted to you. Yeah, being granted to us by the government. By the benevolent so, right, uncle. So <laughs> that debate, it, it, it was heated and then it came down and he was like, well, I had no... So he says, I have no idea how I could do that. I don't want my children. This particular person does not want his kid in public school. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want it at all. Would like to homeschool. Um, is having conversations with his wife about it because they feel the tension. We're like, we just don't like the way this is headed mm -hmm. with public school. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. whether it's their faith their or their not lack of faith, whether it's sexual education, whether there's just things that the public education system are doing they don't like. Sure. And it's being compounded right now by how it's being handled with COVID. Sure. So Well, and let me interrupt for just a moment. Some of these concerns are also health-related. Yeah. A lot of parents are concerned about sending their children into an environment where there's going to be hundreds of other kids, or at least other kids, right. and interacting with a lot of people that you don't know, and you don't know where they've been, and what kind of, and, you know, and your child may have health issues that you are concerned about them coming into contact with and getting COVID. Mm -hmm. And so... That's another right. Not yeah. to not to like belittle that or anything. No, or, or, or there's a, there's a lot. There are legitimate 
quite a few legitimate concerns that parents have. They're not just education or philosophy related or with the way the government's handling it. They're also genuinely concerned about sending their kids into an environment where they might contract COVID. Right. Because there's there's some who are completely sold on the idea of it's the it's the worst thing ever. And it is the it is the world falling apart. And then they're afraid to send their children back to public school and. Even or their kids might have a health condition a that, health puts condition that puts them at and risk. them at risk, And that's, right. you know, very legitimate. Right. And so I says, I say to him, you do not have to send your children to public school. Yes, I do. Buddy, you do not. And I said, just pull them out. And he's like, well, then what would I teach them? I'm like... It, during the course of the debate, you know, I get spirited and I start making, I'm like, you could teach them anything you want. Like, I mean, you I'm not ad- advocating that you don't teach your children, but. Well, the reality is, is that parents are teaching children whatever they want. Yeah. Even passively. Even passively. Mm-hmm. More specifically, it's like, well, what, what curriculum do I use? You know, like your curriculum comes from the public, from public school. That's what you do. And I'm like, well, no, you can make one up. You can go to the dollar store and buy zero through fifth grade math lessons and reading lessons. I mean, that's the, uh, you can, mm-hmm. I'm not saying to do that, but you can even that sitting and doing that for an hour with your, with your son or daughter, with your child, I believe is going to be more beneficial than dumping them off to be babysat and only, only with their peers. So, um, so what can you do if you don't want to send your children to public to public school right now and you don't want to deal with the computers and buying one or not buying one or do, like trying to have your children learn on a computer screen with 10 other people zoom style <laughs> yeah which is wildly ineffective um what wh- where can we get curriculums well there's a there's an almost infinite oh gosh we would be here for hours right if i was try if i tried to explain and give you resources to every possible thing out there. So let's and just that's give not a, the crux of this. No, but let's give a, 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 a like a small foundational platform though. You can go to any place, some place like Mardell's, which is like Christian bookstores and things like that. Or okay, the first thing that I would recommend that you do, especially if you have concerns about the way that. Um, like legal concerns, right? Is I would go to HSLDA's website, Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Homeschool Legal Defense Association, and you can click on any state, the state that you live in, mm-hmm. and you can look and see what that state's laws are regarding homeschooling. Yeah, most of them are very lax. Extremely. Um, we live in the state of Texas, and in Texas, no regulation. There's really no regulation to it. No, I just, I had looked that up for him and, and basically there's a letter of intent that you can, if you want to, but you can say. Right. Our kids were never a part of the Texas. Right. Well, actually I take that back. My oldest was in the very beginning, many years, years, many years ago, ago. but that my other children were never actually put into the system. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to do anything at all. I just keep records and I make sure that I'm covering the basic subject matter that the state of texas uh, requires right because he was told my friend was told by um, a principal um, of a of a school like Mm -hmm. if you if you attempt to pull your children out of school it won't be pretty okay so this is a whole nother conversation there are districts and teachers who are very anti-homeschooling for whatever reason philosophically Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they encountered a a bad apple in the homeschooling community and they made the assumption that all of homeschooling is like that. Um, they want their funding. So children, in they school want their funding. funding. And if you take kids out of their district, you're removing funding from them. There's a number of different reasons why districts or teachers would be anti homeschooling, mm-hmm. but you have to remember that that is a personal preference on their part. You are not legally, legally obligated, obligated to keep your children there. And if they are telling you that, they are either mistaken, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt, that they are mistaken, Mm -hmm. or worst case scenario, they're flat out lying to you. Right. So he's like, well, then where do I find this information? I'm like, it's a a very simple precursory search on Google. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, we like how to pull my kids out of public school. Right. Can, or do I have, how to home educate in Texas? And, 
you know, I showed him, you can literally, you in the state of Texas, which people might not like this, although I do, um, you can just pull your kids out of school and do nothing. Technically. Um, you could. I don't. I consider that very poor parenting. Of course. I, I agree. But you can. I'm saying the extreme of you're not going to jail for pulling your children out of school and you're not going no. to get fined. No, you okay? will not be fined. Um, and so, and but there's lots I of still, different ways to I still recommend that you check out H- HSLDA. HSLDA. Also, because if you join their membership, and I am not a paid sponsor for HSLDA, they right. don't know me from Adam. Right. But if you join their, if you become a member, um, they will provide legal defense for you if necessary. Mm-hmm. It is not often necessary. And usually, even if a school district decides to get aggressive, a letter from one of their lawyers usually, usually shuts that down fast. Usually shuts that down pretty yeah. fast. In the state of Texas, there is a letter, uh, like a form that you can fill out to, to give to your... Well, go to the website. Yeah. You can go to the website. Yeah. They'll ex- they explain everything in detail. There's also another website called, I believe it's the Texas Homeschool Coalition. Yes. And um, they are specifically for Texas. HSLDA does the entire United States, but mm-hmm. the THC does just the state of state Texas, of Texas. Right. and so you can also go to their website and it will give you all of the legal information yeah on and that. that was where where we landed but he was like no I don't know about this I'm like you've never heard of this before he says no never because I can guarantee you this nobody that I know who who sends their kids to school who doesn't want to knows what you're talking about I did I was befuddled by this I, like I was like how's that even possible mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. That's still very confusing to me that, that anyone isn't. I mean, it's the information age. How you can get any information you want. <laughs> you can get info. You can get bogus information and great information. Yeah, <laughs> any information you want. any information, real or right. not. <laughs> so, uh, so there's HSLDA and Texas Homeschool Coalition. Check your own personal state as well. Now, if you're in another country, sorry, I don't know what to do. Uh, mm-hmm. For for you because I'm just we're just not I don't know anything about the other countries educated yeah and, and we're ignorant to how they they operate but but if you're frustrated in another country then take you know take a risk you know or or go ahead and step out in faith do some research do some very preliminary research homeschooling children in Sweden I don't, I don't it, might, it might be legal there I have no idea but find out find out. Um, because I mean, for for goodness sakes, your your children and your family are totally worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're totally worth it. For us, the decision to homeschool once we got on the same page about it, um, our foundational reason actually was isn't Uncle Sam. It isn't the type of education they're getting. It isn't any of that. It's we wanted and we still do to have the strongest, deepest relationship with our children possible. We also wanted to have the highest level of influence that we could have, not not control, don't right. confuse the two, right. but influence in the sense of we wanted our values, what we believe, our belief systems to be passed on to our children, not our culture's mm-hmm. primary values, not... Right. Some would say brainwashing. I know. I know it's really easy that we'd say we're. No, we're, it's not brainwashing because the reality is, is every parent is passing down values to their right, kids. Right. It's just a question of what or are indo- they. indoctrination. We would every parent that. is. Yeah. If you, if the parent is not, then the culture is. So every child is being instructed. They mm-hmm. are learning constantly. Right. The question is, what kind of instruction are they receiving, and what are they learning? Right. Right. Exactly right. And do you, are you, either you're okay, you're good with the way Uncle Sam does it or right. the way the and culture does it. And if you like it, then. Don't complain, please. That, well, you don't, I mean, then there isn't, I, don't, I have no beef with people. If they like the public school system, then go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But don't complain about something you can change. Yeah, Absolutely. Either either you are so dedicated to the public school system that you want to invest the time and the energy to go in and try to change it from the inside, Mm -hmm. which if you want to do that, go for it. More power to you. Absolutely. Not knocking that at all. 
that's just, I would rather spend my time and energy elsewhere. Yeah. Some of the stereotypes of homeschoolers are number one, we just indoctrinate our children. And, you know, if you, number one, that's a stereotype, period, that we, that homeschoolers, quote unquote, indoctrinate their, their children. I would, I would say if you would actually sit and get to know any homeschoolers, you would realize it's actually farthest from the truth. Well, I think that that stereotype has about the same validity as every prepper is a raving maniac. Right. Right. We're all bunk, bunker. That's not true. Uh, 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 tinfoil hat bunker. Right. Lunatics that, you know, with, with an arsenal and they're trigger happy. Right. No, that that's simply not the case. Right. And because I'm going to go down a, right now, I want to go down a list of the stereotypes of homeschoolers just to help maybe dispel a couple of the myths and open up other people's minds to looking looking at it while we're in a in an odd time in u.s history right now yeah number we one are. we ind we indoctrinate and brainwash our children to just be little religious fanatics okay that, i mean that is yeah that's a stereotype yeah, it is a stereotype unfortunately spend any amount of time with public with with a bunch of moms and a bunch of families who homeschool and you realize actually that's nothing could be farther from the truth i contend that that does happen to an extreme degree in the public education system and that being taught by one person one specific thing in a, in a group that's only your peers limits how you can learn is more limiting is more limiting and more indoctrinating than uh when most homeschoolers most there are some squeaky wheels don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But yeah. are are not teach teaching not teaching their children the things they have to learn, but giving them a love of learning and independent thought. Mm -hmm. Most of them, most <laughs> home educators, the moms and dads, or the moms of the people who are teaching at home, mm -hmm. are actually just offering guide bumpers so that the kids can learn and unlock things at their own pace and at their own accord with an open mind. Mm -hmm. They're they're not putting heavy restrictions on them and then cramming into them what's supposed to be there if you will you mm -hmm. know the information in other words we say this a lot um that our children are whole whole people they're whole persons they're not simply a cup a vessel that you're trying to fill with information right they're a whole person that you're trying to give an expression and a love of learning um about the world around them mm -hmm. and the people around them right mm -hmm. yes and so that's one stereotype stereotype number two which, I, once again, is almost not the case at all. I mean, once again, that, that first one. Number two, we're socially bizarre. So this is a really challenging podcast for me because every single thing that you're bringing up could be a podcast in and of itself. I understand, but we're, so we're this, doing bullet this points So this is, I know. And so I'm, I'm, my brain is running on overdrive right now just to, okay, how can I keep this Simple. to a bullet statement yeah. <laughs> and not launch into an entire instructional session right. on it? But really, socialization is the number one concern that Always. I come up against with other um, parents who are interested, uh, with parents that, who are interested in, in homeschooling, or well, you know, it's not, who it's, are just encountering homeschooling. It's actually two things. I find it's either the number one concern, or it becomes the landing platform. Ha ha, gotcha in the discussion. Like, okay, well, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice. Yeah, but socialization becomes like this. What do you do about that? Mm -hmm. Or it's the first mm -hmm. concern. So it's like kind of the beginning and the end of the debate sometimes is socialization. Right. And so the first thing that that I always ask is, what do you think socialization is? Right. Because how you define socialization is going to lay the groundwork for future conversation here. Right. So if you consider socialization as only being able to associate with people your own age. Mm-hmm. And generally, same class and lifestyle. Peer, you know, your own yeah, peer group, your peers. exclusively. Then, yeah, you're right. Homeschoolers are not socialized in that way. But if you define socialization, mm -hmm. which side note is the actual definition of the word, as being able to interact freely with people of any age, any gender, any background. Any socioeconomic any group. socioeconomic status, any culture, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, ethnicities, basically anyone. 
that is what homeschooling offers. Right. This is how I explained it to my friend. I said, which one, just at first glance, would you consider has the bigger uh, uh, chance of being, quote unquote, properly socialized? I take a person at a certain age. I put them in a 50 by 50 foot box with 30 other people that are their exact same age. And, I, and then I put one person who is in authority over them. To tell them how they have to behave with inside that box. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or another child, another person of the same age with a smaller, much smaller group of people outside of the box in general society interacting with all of society at any given time at the grocery store, at any of the stores, at the DMV, at churches, at civic organizations, uh, when, we're, when you're out serving and mm-hmm. feeding the poor, any of those places, any place you go that's in public. Mm-hmm. which one is getting quote unquote better socialization well right that's an easy choice right yet for some reason the paradigm is put the kids in the box well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that that's an easy thing to accomplish necessarily you you have to be willing to take your children with you wherever you go you sure. also might have to step out and do things that you are uncomfortable with. I will Mm -hmm. say this, homeschooling educates the parent just as much as the child is being Mm -hmm. educated. So if you are happy with just living your normal life where you get to do just your own little thing and you never are challenged on really much of anything and you never have to really grow or experience new ideas, then homeschooling may not be for you. Right. If you're happy that way. Right. But if you are in a place where you're willing to consider growing, learning new things, being challenged in your comfort zones, stretching out of your box, trying new stuff, then, yeah, as you embrace that lifestyle and mm-hmm. you embrace that for yourself, you're bringing your kids along with you in that journey. Mm-hmm. Then there are they are going to be socialized. Right. You don't have to be afraid of your kids not being socialized because they're not in public school. Right. Exactly. It's an it's an it's an unnecessary fear. Right. I and once again, I usually push back in these conversations saying that the fear is actually lopsided. It's unnecessary to be afraid that they'll get unsocial they won't get socialization in homeschool and actually the fear is they're not getting real socialization in public school. No, they're really not. Right. They're really not. Um, that's how I push back on that. And anyone's free to disagree with me. That's fine. Uh, but man, that's, I believe the history is proving that we know that the homes, the public education model, once again, we, we started the conversation saying, we know it's flawed. It's broken. There's something wrong. I mean, it's based on a hundred year old. Well, never mind coming from, you know, Germany and uh, different styles of education, but it really on the industrial revolution model, you know, you, you yeah. go in, you mm-hmm. clock in, you sit down, you do your work in Industrial Revolution, you yes. make your widgets or you flush your papers, you shuffle your papers, and then you clock out and you go home. Mm-hmm. And it's based on that model. And come on, the reality is America has grown past that model. Yeah. We've grown that past that model economically. We've grown past that model uh, in the workplace, you know, just generally in the workforce and forcing children into an old model, I think, is a disservice. And one, that's why we're seeing and feeling tension between what's happening in the real world with the internet and and private business and private entity and dreaming and, and, and technology moving so fast, mm-hmm. but our public education system still stuck in 1928, you know, reality is. And then they got more authority in the 50s with the you know Department of Education and things like that kind of taking over everything. And it's based on old thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's just something to consider when you're, when we're, you know, when you're thinking to yourself, well, this is the way it is. Well, it doesn't have to be. It literally no, doesn't, it have, doesn't to be. have to be. And so socialization, please, you don't, don't, don't worry about that. Like, mm-hmm. like, don't worry about it. I don't know how else to, it's less of a concern that we think it is. And I think that's part of the indoctrination of the public school is that it has to be done a certain way. And, you know, we, we tend to say uh, a lot of people tend to think, well, the only way I can be taught is by somebody else who's certified in this way and they're above me and they have to teach me as opposed to self-educating. 
Right. Well, and you, you're, you're, yeah, again, you're, you're touching on topics that are much bigger than the scope of this one. You're talking about learning the right. philosophies of learning and how people actually learn. Right. And, you know, people don't necessarily, they don't only learn. The human mind does not only learn by being instructed by someone an who, upper authority who has knowledge or information and is wanting to pass pass that on. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do learn that way. Right. That is right. one of the ways that we learn. But it's high, it's much more effective if the person who is learning is self-educating like mm-hmm. you said. They're actually teaching themselves and having access to people who know more than they do in a particular subject is part of how how they teach themselves. They go to that person to learn. Right. Well, and and there is something to be said, too, for somebody knowing more than you do and learning from them, you know, as apprenticeship or, you know, um, and and most of the time the the deepest learning happens in a relationship with another person, not necessarily just because this person's certified in this way and that proves that they're able to tell you. Right. Well, and again, that's following a, a model of, the, or the philosophy of a child is an empty vessel that we need to pour this information and facts and knowledge into as opposed to a living, breathing soul mm-hmm. that needs to feed on ideas as the human body feeds on food. Right. The soul feeds on ideas. Right. Living, breathing ideas. Yep. That, that can be wrestled with, uh, be debated yes. with, that are... Uh, Processed. Can, yeah. Um, meditated on ripped apart put back together that's how human beings learn that's how we're made to learn you watch a baby and you can see this play out in babies and toddlers they're always picking things up and exploring them and turning them around and trying to take them apart and then putting them back together again and these you can see we we make jokes about i can see you know the wheels in their brain are turning Mm -hmm. and that is how we were designed to learn right but again we're you know that's a whole nother right we, <laughs> we're bullet pointing a bunch i will say i'd like this to be an open discussion right like this isn't yeah i don't want to yeah like number one we ain't perfect you know we don't have all of it figured out no heck we, no like at all we just do have strong beliefs on some things because we've seen we've seen it um that it that it works and Excuse me. Uh, anyway, we've seen that it works. We know that it works. We are very deep hearts for relationship above stuff and above things and above people. Once again, we're not. We don't always get it right. We're still on a journey too. You know, our our children aren't all completely out of school, so it's going to ebb and flow. You know, but the beauty of being of home educating or some variant of it, whether it's you know you go to a tutor and then. They help you home educate or you do charter school or any number of other things is you have the freedom mm-hmm. to ebb and flow and to learn. You're not stuck where you are. You know, I, One of my problems with the experience of my public education was that because I do learn differently and it is that I was constantly behind, you know. Yeah. Constantly. So just for clarification, you were diagnosed with ADHD. Right. Multiple medicated. times. You were medicated. Heavily. Yeah, heavily medicated. And also experience in a time period in history right. when ADHD and anything that was not your typical uh, type A learner mm-hmm. was visual, you know, the the, ty- the typical type A visual learner who sits in the classroom, you know. And, and so in a time period in history where that was not understood nor was it accepted. At all, right. And so he was seen as... You know, you were seen as the troublemaker. Sure. Yeah. Uh, You talk too much. You move too much. You're too much. You're too much altogether. Right. You know, and so and teachers who I'm sure were well-meaning but didn't know what to do with you ended up um, handling the situations very poorly. And in a latchkey kid time period as well. Right. In a latchkey. Yeah. Right. So the whole thing altogether made for a really negative, very negative 
Right. But even if you're not that type, even if you have a child who's, say, quieter and more reserved, or you have a child who um, doesn't have learning disabilities, but just, you know, might be a daydreamer or something of that nature, you're, you're, f they're forced into a mold that they don't fit into. Right. Right. So there's, th there's less freedom there. They have right. to perform like everybody else or something's wrong. And if mm -hmm. they perform slightly better than everybody else, they're put on pedestals. You know, this is kind of the hierarchy in, in school. And removing them from from that situation brings more freedom to ebb and flow and learn right. and, and we have found that that is actually as as much as someone might think well i can't how am i how on earth could because uh, we'll, we'll segue into the, the other thing that i want to talk about specifically about moms um or, or ladies or even people in general but um you know, removing them from this rigid system gives you the freedom to ebb and flow in learning so mm -hmm. that and, and find out truly what their heart is and how their their minds think. And we're talking about children here. Right. Um, and how they operate and how you do as well and how you relate with them. I have found two. So, number one, the biggest thing is socialization. Then, number two, immediately after we address that, the moms specifically, for some reason, think, well, I'm not enough. I can't do that. Right. I'm unable to do that. I don't have what it takes. Can you speak to that? Because as a man, I could mansplain. They're like, <laughs> sure you do. And I've done it. But I do. I believe that we as parents do have what it takes. And that we we have, number one, have been given the authority and the responsibility to, to be the sole um, raisers of our children. Mm -hmm. um, but I do find that, A poor mothers believe they're just not enough and they can't do it and they because they don't want to damage their children they don't, they don't want to bring a deficit they don't want to do something wrong they don't want to fail miserably because if they fail misery they're failing their children and then there's a lot of dads and men who just don't back up their their wives and don't rise up to the responsibility to say hey this is our family We're, we can do this together mm -hmm. so as far as moms who think I, I can't it's not possible what, what, what do you say to them when they come to you with that? Well, that, that is, again, that's a hard one to say generically over this kind of medium because okay. a lot of times I will ask, well, why do you think you can't do this? And, and it's, you have to get to the heart of why they think they do because there's, you know, a hundred different reasons why a mom might think that she can't do this. But, um... Some of the general ones are, well, I don't have a certification. I'm not smart enough. And my rebuttal to that is, who says you can't learn alongside your kids? Right. Sit down and learn with them. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. can, you can do that. And that's okay. If you are absolutely not sure at all, there are programs out there that cater more towards self-education. So, for example, there are... If you're if you're not sure about math, right? There are programs like, again, I'm not a paid sponsor for any of these companies, but um, teaching textbooks, math, you see these kinds of programs. Um, they so, so they come with videos. Teaching math, you see who else? Math, you see comes with videos that you can watch, mm -hmm. and it's an actual the developer of the curriculum or his assistants, or whoever they are, who are teachers of mathematics, you watch your video, and you have your workbooks there, mm -hmm. and they explain the concepts. Usually, a lot of these curriculum companies, these ones that I'm mentioning here, and there's many others, too, well, that I'm not... Juxtapose that with, like, Life of Fred. Well, Life of Fred is a math curriculum, but it's based on the story of this guy, this little square-headed little man's life as he walks through right. life and does mathematics in life. Right. There, I mean, right? the curriculum is a huge there, – there's so many possible options out there. What I'm talking about, though, is that you can – a lot of these developers of these curriculum, they are very accessible. You can email them. Some of them, like I said, like like teaching textbooks and math, you see, and there's others too, come with videos that explain, the teachers ex are explaining the concepts. If you do not understand, your student child still does not understand after watching the videos, they are very, very easy to get a hold of, to ask questions. We don't understand this. Can you please help us to understand? Mm -hmm. So 
trying to fall back on, well, I'm not smart enough and I don't know enough to teach my kids is no longer a valid stance because there is so many ways that you can access this information. I mean, for Pete's sake, YouTube alone is full of videos out of our ears explaining pretty much any concept that you could ever want to understand. Right. Ever. And so you don't even have to get, I mean, at this point, you probably wouldn't even have to actually have a curriculum because there's so much information available on YouTube. Right. So you have, but you do have to decide as a parent, as a mom, am I willing to learn? A lot of us have been out of school for a long time and we're, we're not, maybe we have bad um, we had bad experiences in school, mm-hmm. and so we equate school subjects with negativity, and right. we pass that on in our attitude and in our speech and the way that we talk about something. Oh, yeah, this is math. You know, like, I was really bad at math, but I guess we'll give it a try, and that's very negative. Mm-hmm. That immediately communicates to the child that you don't really know what you're doing, nor do you want to be there. And you're not interested in learning it either. And they just have to do it because they have to do it. And they might have actually be kind of good at it, but that will kill that love super fast. Yeah. And so a lot of it is having to address, again, I mentioned this earlier, but homeschooling is just as much about the parent's education as it is about the child's. Mm-hmm. And you have to address things like that in your own heart and in your own attitudes um, before you can ever help your kids move forward. And right. I think uh, I think that subconscious awareness that what I'm saying right now about this is true. There's a subconscious, um, I guess, a gr- uh, understanding that this is true. And that causes a lot of parents to shrink back because they don't, maybe they don't want to embark on their own journey of education they're right. happy the way that they are and leave them alone right which you know we yeah i use these statements where um yeah okay homeschooling is not for everybody no it, it is isn't for anybody but anyone can yeah, and, and if anyone you're listening can. to this podcast i'm specific we want to specific if you look if you think we're full of crap awesome you're welcome to think we're full of crap and sure. and that we're just being opinionated or whatever it is i'm trust me i can handle it uh but really, we're wanting to speak to like people who are struggling with the idea right now and offer uh, maybe another solution, another way of doing things or another path to research um, that isn't just where you feel like you're stuck. You know, so if you're in that tension right now, of like, what do I do? I don't like this in my left hand, but I don't know what else exists. This mm-hmm. does exist. Yeah. There are women. There are co-ops that you can join. Yes. So yes, there are lots of opportunities. I would Which Google, help reinforce moms. Yes, yes. I would Google your area um, homeschooling communities. Homeschooling communities are very supportive of one another. They're very encouraging and they are very easy to get a hold of yeah. typically. Because we have a lot of ladies right now who are also like trying to quote unquote homeschool. In other words, bring public school home and they're isolated. So they feel right. completely overwhelmed, completely, you know, like they aren't enough and they're right. being essentially told that they're not, you know, you got to do this, this and this, and then put it. But once again, co-ops and communities. Yes. There are plenty of communities out there. Um, there's co-ops, there's social communities where there are groups of homeschoolers who get together mm-hmm. just to do social activities. Um, here in our area, they do weekly skates where they meet at roller skating rinks mm-hmm. and do skating. We do field trips, um, lots and lots of opportunities in our area. Um, and if you live in a larger metropolitan area, the opportunities are usually through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, think outside of the four walls of your house right. and the books that are in front of you. Um, libraries are, are still free. Yeah. Libraries are a massive resource. Take advantage of that. Um, museums, uh, yeah. um, especially museums that offer annual passes 
are a huge mm-hmm. bonus. You yeah. can get your annual pass and you can go there anytime you want. Um, and a lot of them have traveling exhibits that come through that are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're the type of, because I've had this conversation, if you're the type of person who like liked doing something in your youth or when you were in college and now you can't because you have kids and they go to school. I mean, I had a conversation with a, a, another buddy, I don't know, six months ago about like, I, I wish I could go to shows again. I wish I could go to concerts. And I'm like, well, then you can. Go. Take your kids with yeah. you. Do it together as a family. Yeah. And Expose the nice your thing family about to, rock, to rock, to punk rock or rock and roll or whatever classical. Whatever it was. Or yeah. country or whatever that isn't on the radio but is live and in person. Right. And I tell you what, if if you if a child's love of learning hasn't been killed completely, mm-hmm. um, those these kinds of experiences will ignite interest and curiosity um, taking a child to a show, I have yet to see a child. Of course, I have not experienced a child who has when a we saw, we dead about love rock of show. learning. We about going to see but I'm talking play. about, yeah, or, who is not no, all plays. of a sudden wants to, you know, play some sort of instrument. Right, right. <laughs> um, and that kind of gets them the push that maybe they... They might want to learn They an might want to learn an instrument. Um, Take them to a sporting event and all of a sudden they might want to learn to play soccer. Yeah, there's there's just an infinite number of opportunities when you start thinking outside of the walls of your house. But again, you have to be okay and embrace your own learning and being okay with um, it. Your own curiosity and love for learning mm-hmm. might be dormant, right? And you have to might you might have to kickstart that a little bit and make yourself do it. It's kind of like a starving person. When a person is starving, they're not hungry. They don't want to eat anything. Right. And you have to force feed them. Like a truly starving person has to be force fed to get the appetite kick started. And, and force fed properly. To, yeah, force fed properly. Yeah, slow amounts um, of food. Very slowly, die. very slowly with with proper the proper types of food. You can't just, you know, shove a McDonald's burger down their throat. Mm, right. The same thing goes for our souls and for our minds and our intellects. If we have been depriving them of proper food, proper ideas, um, because the world is full of so much beauty and truth and incredible opportunities out there. And if we've been depriving our intellects and our minds of proper ideas, Mm -hmm. then we will be figuratively mentally starving right and you will have to force feed yourself for a little while you have to make yourself read books that are maybe be outside of your comfort zone you have to make yourself go somewhere and try out a new event or a or go to a homeschool social thing when the last thing you want to do is meet new people right and that sounds really scary and i do not want to do that you have to make yourself do that Mm -hmm. and it will get easier the more you do it of course and um and it will be a model for your children of how to actually live a life that embraces learning and new things and growth and development mm-hmm. and is not a stagnant, dormant life that's just sitting around collecting food and money and yeah. waiting to die. Yeah, or drinking and watching Tiger King. Yeah, that that's, that's, that's a dormant life, guys. That's a dormant yeah. life to sit around watching Desperate Housewives and all of your favorite next Netflix shows and to teach your kids that that's life. I go to work, I come home, I watch my favorite shows, I eat my food and I go to bed and I get up and I do it all over again. That is a dormant, stagnant life. And it's not necessary. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. It's not. So so we'll wrap, it, we'll wrap it up here. I want to offer... so. Once again, I know we get passionate. I don't want to feel like we're preaching or belittling anybody. Our heart is to, you know, if you're in the tension of what do I do, uh, reach, reach out reach out to us. You know, I'm okay with that. Reach out to me. Email. We have my email for reasonably prepared is reasonably prepared at gmail.com. Sure. Yep. Send an email. Um, if there's any topic that we've discussed so far today in this, I know it was a 
homeschool, home education, you know, one, and it's loosely based. Like, to say this is a prepper principle, it's, you can't necessarily nail it to that, to that wall, but it is in that we're not being completely dependent on a system that we know is broken or frustrating and having other people tell us what we can and can't do or how to do things outside mm-hmm. of the scope of our lives. And then when they can't do it, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Mm -hmm. The reason that this is preparedness related Mm -hmm. is because when COVID happened and the lockdown happened, we were not affected educationally. We were not impacted in any way. In fact, we were largely unaffected except for where our preps were short, had fallen short. Right. I'm talking educationally. But right now, specifically, yeah. As, a, as, as far as, as our kids were concerned and the relationships and the dynamic mm-hmm. in our home, completely like unaffected. Com- we were completely unaffected by that. And just like in fact, now, we still thrived. I'm, I'm just right. going to say we it. were fine. Yeah. We, nothing, nothing really changed. Everything was pretty much the same. Right. And so, so during a pandemic, we'll, we'll use prepper terms during a pandemic, mm-hmm. the education part of our lives was unaffected. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you, you know, you want to, which is huge because it's one of the biggest relationships with your children. So it's like one of the foundational things. Right. This is why it is related to preparedness. Right. Just like people prep for food and water and supplies medical, and yeah. medical things. And they spend time getting this ready. All this stuff they set grow up. Gardens they grow gardens, which is those. all absolutely proper. And these are areas where we were lacking in, and COVID really exposed some of these areas to us. Um, but just like you prepare in that way, the education of your children, you need to have a a prepared foundation. And right. if you want to continue sending them to public school, that's fine, but have a backup plan. That right. should be part of your preparedness plan. Right. Is right. you know what? I've gone to I went to Walmart, I went to um, you know, Mardell's, I went to wherever, Target, and I and I have a book. Or I have a series. I, I have some resources. I have some resources. I have I've got yes. Some math books. I've got and, s- and books on the shelf. Some simple books that I have, and they, you know, I have my little home library, and they sit there in case something happens and I need to use them. Right. So if there's any topic that we started in on but did not unpack sufficiently during this podcast as it relates. To home education because we did talk about a lot of things and gave just kind of a little nugget of information about them because lots of them we could talk about ad nauseum we could talk about socialization ad nauseum we could talk about uh you know bring up i'm drawing a blank here i right mean gosh it. we can talk about curriculum we curriculum, can talk about, talk about um philosophies re- of education yeah. um for a long time parenting if there's, <laughs> if, there's a, if any of this if anybody wants any of this to be unpacked in further podcasts please let us know reach out to us leave comments you know uh or email once again reasonably prepared at gmail.com and we'd be happy to unpack them um if you just want some basic information and a little encouragement or something of that nature or or a pointed direction on maybe some other resource because we have lots it's just difficult to give them all here we, we have the ability right. to get them we, yeah we, we know how to do the, the searches i can't actually give you every every single resource that i know of no but I mean, I have a side business where I do curriculum planning and support for people. Yeah. And this is not a plug for that business. The point that I'm making is that I have resources coming out of my ears. Right, right. And so we can shoot you simple emails. And, and guys, life is a journey. So on a journey, you know, sometimes you, you meet somebody who's a guide or you meet somebody who, who, um, you know, who can help point the way down one of the roads. You come to a fork in the road or you come to a four-way stop and you're wondering, well, do I turn left, right, or go straight? And sometimes there could be a person going, hey, if you turn left, it looks like this. And right. you can you can go on the journey in that way um, as opposed to it being, you know, life being a staircase to a je- destination. You know, I got to go up, stair, stair, stair. Now I'm finally here. Doesn't We treat it like it's like that, but it isn't. Life is a journey and it's okay to make a left turn sometimes and go a scenic route. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't necessarily have to take the interstate to get to a place. And that's kind of what we're really we're talking about here is that there's another way. There's a way that might have that that isn't just the interstate that gets you from point A to point B and is the boring drive. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's the Route 66 drive where there's lots of stops along the way and you learn new things and it's not some things unplanned happen and things like that. So we want to offer ourselves up for, you know, any resources or information you may need uh, through that email or through the comments. And if there's any particular topic on home education you want us to unpack a little more um, and actually go into detail on, be encouraged. We know it's a bizarre time in our country right now and in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're thinking or on the fence about home education, then, you know, I don't like to say give it a try. I say you're on the fence and there's tension there because you know deep down in your soul there is another way and you're looking for it. And home education or some variant of it, whether it's through charter school or through tutoring, and then is another option that keeps you from the frustration of how the rigid public education system is forcing you to do things now. There is another way and you can do it. You are enough. I know mm-hmm. that you can do it. Um, there are plenty of resources for it and you do not have to do it the way Uncle Sam or our society says you have to. No. Right? No. Awesome. Well, I hope that wasn't that helped. I hope that helped and we were just <laughs> sounding mean or anything like that. As you know, because once again, we're on our own journey and we're learning. This is just where we're at in our journey. And so I just want to thank everybody for listening and say, I hope this helps in your preparedness or in maybe how you're operating with your family. Or if you don't have a family yet, uh, maybe gives you some new perspective on things to talk about as you're entering into relationships and may have a family one day. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening. Be blessed. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.